This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to bring you a message, sermon address, or whatever you want to call that this morning on a thousand generations. And I thought we'd start talking about them one at a time. Generation number one, I'm just playing. All right. (laughs) A thousand generations. Exodus chapter 20, verse number one is where I'm going to read from. It says this, I am the Lord, your God. He is God. Who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery? How many of you realize that if we were to translate this statement to us in this New Testament era, that we could say, he would say, I am the Lord who saved you and set you free. How many of you understand that? For you must not have any other God but me. Notice this. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or any image of anything in the heavens or on the earth, or in the sea. This is important. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. He's a what? Jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents, notice this, upon their children. Interesting. The entire family is affected. When one generation chooses to sin, the entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject him. But I lavish unfailing love, come on now, for a what? Thousand. For a what? Thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. God is good. Amen. Now we're talking about taking a stand this morning, assuming a position, knowing where we are on issues. Can I tell you that the world we're living in, people want to know where you stand on issues? And a lot of times they'll ask you your opinion just so they can tell you that your opinion is wrong. And other times you'll just go on social media and share your opinion with the world. But everybody wants to know, which side do you stand on? Well, you can either operate from a position that joins the bitter banter, or you can assume a position of blessing. I want you to get this. Whatever position that you assume will write the history of your life. Now, to the graduates today, I had them give you a pen as you came on the stage today. What happens from this day, you're going to make a decision what it's going to look like for your life. You get the honor of writing the history of your life from this point forward. This is that awkward moment where the commencement address speaker stands and tries to get you to actually listen to what he's saying when all you're thinking about is being done and moving on to the next stage of life. But if I can get through to your head today that there is a narrative that's going to be written. Someone will write that narrative for you. You see, history, by definition, is a narrative. But a narrative, by definition, is a record of connected events. 
So what got you here today, what brought you here today is a record of connected events. You started preschool or kindergarten. And back in those days, you thought it would never be over. And then you went to middle school. And you were in your awkward stage of life because I was there. I saw it. Then you went to high school. And now what seemed like would take forever is gone. Can I just tell you now, and then may I get an amen for this, it's only going to get faster. But you see, what was history in that moment was the connecting of dots that brought you to this position. Because if you don't have enough credits, they don't give you one of those hats. If you don't connect the right dots, you don't get to the right place. And I want you to understand today that if you don't connect the right dots in your life, you don't get to the right place. If you don't take a moment and sit down and evaluate what you're going through, and here's what you need to understand. There are some connected events from positions of your past that determine where you are standing today. A phrase that I was taught about this age that has stuck with me my whole life said, do the things today that others won't so that tomorrow you can do the things others can't. Let me just make that real practical for you. For those of you who want to train for a marathon, you're going to have to get up and do the things today that I won't. I might be in the marathon, but I'm going to be riding the motorcycle at the front of it. Come on now, amen. (laughs) But because you are willing to do what others want, you can accomplish what others can't. It's the connected dots. Now, where I'm about to go here is super important. Here's what you need to understand. Some of the things that have connected to make us who we are, listen to me, are scars that are the results of someone else's decisions. People from the generation before us and before them. We end up sounding more like our family than we could ever imagine. We end up carrying on family issues and bondages that we want to see broken. We want to see them destroyed in our life. But the problem is the history of our family seems to be written. And I've said this over and over again in our church. And it's become a narrative of my life. But I've said I'm supposed to be like 10th generation drunk Native American. That's what I'm supposed to be. But because my parents stumbled into a church in Columbus, Georgia, and said, we're going to rewrite the history of our lives, and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ, that's not my history because of a connected dot from a generation before. So what happens is we have to connect the dots. And and here's the problem that I I think we need to deal with. I began to deal with it at the beginning of this year. It's 20 years. I, I, I don't like those years where, where, where pastors say, you know, 2019, the year of forgiveness, or 2018, the year of redemption, or I don't know, whatever that is. I, I don't like to label a year. I want to follow God through the year. But when I started this year, I really took a step out, and I was like, I think 2020 is the year of blessing. How many of you think I miss God? 2020, the year of blessing. And you see, I began to teach you in the beginning part of this year this blessing that came from the, the, the truth that, that the, the blessing was uh, for the priest would declare over his people, may God's face shine upon you, and, you know, and all the things we've talked about in the last few weeks, and I don't have time to diverge lo- long there. But even in that moment, as we were declaring that, 
I had no clue. I thought God wanted to bless us in 2020. And then most of us just want to survive 2020. But I then began to understand as a song began to do what the church should do while the church was fighting about whether or not they ought to be having church or wearing masks or touching or whatever. Instead, a group of people got together and began to declare the favor of God upon his children and it's caught on and there's a song that's caught on now and it's doing what the church ought to be doing. So you know what? If the church ought to be doing it, I think we need to get there and it's our job to begin to declare the blessings of God. Now listen to me, I'm going to take you somewhere, but the problem is all of us like the priestly blessing, but then we get to this part that seems to have caught really, really close because my daughter even videoed my grandson last night doing the part that comes from a part of scripture most people don't like. And that's the part that says, may it be upon you for a thousand generations and upon your children. And your children. And my grandson last night's like, and on your babies, and your babies, and your babies. All right? And, and declaring the kids are, I've seen videos of the kids singing it when they're leaving church because it's caught on in this generation. But the problem is it comes from a passage of scripture that most people consider irrelevant in our world today. And, and they've taken it out of our courthouses, but just because they took it out of our courthouses and our church houses haven't been talking about it doesn't mean that it's not important in God's house. And that's called the Ten Commandments. Listen to these Ten Commandments. You ready for this? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Honor thy father and thy mother. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. That's a lot of thou shalt nots. Come on now. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, and thou shalt not covet. Now, how many of you, your parents talk like that? Thou shalt not eat all the cereal. Very few. All right. Somebody's like, nope, mine do. (laughs) All right. But the reality is we don't talk like this anymore. And because we don't talk like this, we think that it's not relevant to us. Can I interpret thou shalt not into modern? Let me just take modern out of this state. Into North Georgia for you. All right. I would not. But here's where it really gets to in my life. When a thou shalt not has really, really set down. I say it like this, go ahead, go ahead, see what happens, just just try me, because listen to me, I made you and I can make another one just like you, you understand what I'm saying, go ahead, go ahead, but the problem is because it doesn't speak the language we speak, you think that these things aren't practical to your life. Let me listen, listen to these words. The Ten Commandments are the ink for the pen that wants to write the narrative of your life. Let me paraphrase them for you. Maybe you'll get them a little better. A paraphrase. Number one, do not worship any other God than the one true God. All other gods are false gods. Worship God alone and be careful even when you go around pagan gods. I have walked into remote villages and they have, they have a pagan god standing in, in the middle of the town and, 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 the, and the people have offered, you know, sacrifices. It's just usually a column in the middle of the town. And they're like, Pastor, where do you want to preach? I said, I want to preach right next to that. Because I want to say, this is nothing but stone. 
But there is a God in heaven who is the chief cornerstone who you can build your life on and it will touch you and set you free and deliver you by the grace of God. And I want to go right there. But can I just be honest with you? You've got to be careful because uh, what this, this verse, how we bring it real practical into our lives is, look, when you're going into restaurants and they got Buddha standing there, stop rubbing his belly. And I'm not talking about your spouse. No, watch out. All right, hold on a second. I remember when the church couldn't go places, they were burning the incense like they do because that's pagan worship. So maybe we were wrong about not going there. But maybe we were right about saying, I'm not a part of this. Because there's only one God. And he alone can change your life. Two, do not make idols or images in the form of God. Are you ready for this? An idol can be anything or anyone you worship worship by making it more important than God. That's even the people you're dating. If something or someone has your time, attention, and affections, it has your worship. It could be an idol in your life, and that could even be your company. The job you, you started, the business you started, don't let anything take the place of God in your life. Because listen to me, the bank could take that business tomorrow, but they can never take his joy away from you. Three, do not treat God's name lightly or with disrespect. Because of God's importance, his name is always to be spoken of reverently with honor. Always honor God with your words. People go, Pastor Don, I'm a grown adult. I can handle people cursing the name of the Lord around me. Well, the problem is not that you should be able to handle them. They ought to not be comfortable cursing around somebody they know that's his child. Because you honor it so. And I get it. We have to be careful. My three-year-old grandson was taught in his little preschool. They taught him that we don't say the word gosh. Papa says, gosh. I said, oh my gosh. And he says, Papa. Goodness, goodness. We say goodness. And you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with gosh. That's gosh. But I'm proud that that preschool teacher's taken a moment to say, you don't, you don't likely use anything that might even be close to the name of God. Why? Because the name of Jesus is not a curse word. The name of Jesus is the name by which every man must be saved. The name of Jesus is the name that every knee shall bow before and everyone shall declare that he is Lord. The name of Jesus is what still heals people today and still will save our land today. And if we'd stop cursing him and start lifting him up, the world might know that Jesus can solve every problem. And this one's going to be hard for some of you. You're not going to like it. You ready for this? Set aside Friday night and Saturday morning for rest. Worship the Lord. I've been studying the Sabbath. I'm going to teach on a little bit more coming up this year, Lord willing. Do you know what the great joy I found about the Sabbath, if you honor it? Do you know I found something that's just thrilling my soul about the Sabbath? Because to rest, yeah. But it always in Jewish culture, includes a really big meal. <laughs> I'm like, we can have a crab ball every Friday night, amen. Nope, that's not kosher. But anyways, keep going, amen. All right. Give honor to your father and mother by treating them with respect and obedience. Pastor Don, why are you talking about this today? You're going to know here in just a moment. Do not deliberately kill a fellow human being. The Bible says if you hate them, you've already killed them in your heart. Do not have sexual relations with anyone other than your spouse. 
See, God forbids sex outside of the bonds of marriage. And our culture no longer respects their bodies because they've been too busy sending pictures of it to each other. There's a damage that's come. Oh, Pastor Don, this is not popular preaching. I didn't tell you I was a popular preacher. I'm a truth preacher. Do not steal or take anything that doesn't belong to you unless you have been given permission to use it, then bring it back. Speaking out of personal pain there. Come on now, amen. (laughs) Do not tell a lie about someone or bring a false accusation against another person. Always tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what you told somebody else. Do not desire anything or anyone that does not belong to you. Be careful comparing yourself on social media to others because it might lead to jealousy, envy, and other sins. But instead of focusing on what you don't have, why don't you get thankful for what you do have and see what God can do with a grateful heart? Now here's the problem. This passage is plain. Our decisions concerning obedience become the ink of the pen that writes the narrative of our families. It's very plain. Listen to me. According to this scripture, disobedience will unleash struggles and strongholds that can take 100 years to work out of a family. What you're about to do right now can take 100 years to be dealt with. 100 years. The decisions that you're going to make in the next months, days, weeks of your life can take 100 Hundred years, you're going, Pastor Don. A hundred years is faster than you can imagine at this point. Trust me, as I'm zeroing in on half of that. It's fast. It's quick. Hundred years ago, cars just became a thing in America. Forty years ago, they acquired something called a seatbelt. About forty-two years ago, they acquired something called a door lock. And somewhere around 40 years ago, we all went to the neighbor's house to see this thing called a microwave because it would not melt a styrofoam cup at that moment. I still remember. Anybody in here? No one from the last service remember. Anybody still remember when they had the 3D TV shows and you'd have to go to the neighbor who actually had a color TV so you could... Anybody still remember that? Yeah. You see, it's changed our world like this. I still remember when a friend was very, very rich and they got this thing called a VCR. About that big. <laughs> Worked half the time. Started to say something mean about a certain kind of car, but I'm going to behave. <laughs> Listen to me. God is faithful. But a hundred years, there are families represented in this room right now who have struggles with what's happening in our world today because of. Things that weren't dealt with in the 60s. There are bondages and struggles in people's lives today because one generation back decided that they were going to follow and do something wrong. Because one generation back decided that they were going to start uh, giving up restraint and, and, and before long, can I tell you what the parents do in moderation, the children always do in excess. And so it became a generational thing. And for 100 years, these families have been dealing with these struggles. But listen to me, obedience to these 10 commandments of the living God, Jesus summed them up like this. He said, he said, if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to have a problem with any of these others. And the world we're really in right now has a lot of problems, but a little bit of love. 
And if we find out the truth, we realize that positions of blessing are found in the paths of obedience. How dare we try to tell people God can heal their lives when we've not lined up our lives with what his word says we are supposed to do. Now listen to me carefully. We cannot blame past generation for today's failures. But acknowledging the root of disobedience in our family line can equip us to begin to rewrite the narrative. I'll just give you, for example, I'm not meaning to be, be a struggle with you or be picked on anyone, but do you know if you smoke, your children are 88% likely to smoke? Why? Because those gateway drugs take hold in a family. And it goes on for a thousand or for a for hundred years. Can I tell you, you can be set free. They can be set free. How's that going to happen? Here's the beauty of this. The struggle might last for a hundred years, but all you have to do is decide, I want a different history. Because the Bible says, if you come into line with the obedience of these commands, God says, if you obey, I will move you to a better place. You see, some things in our lives are disposable, and some things need to be disposable. You buy a styrofoam cooler because you know it won't last. You have a plastic tray. You, you, you know, you get it with some food, and you think, oh, wow, I won the lottery. I got a new serving dish, right? And then it melts in the wa- dishwasher. Why? It wasn't made to last. But sometimes you buy something that you handle with care and you protect with care, and I can't think of anything better to handle with care and protection than the next generation, and it's time for us to realize we've got to start dealing with past generational stuff and break it now. So what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Well, a generation in the Bible is 30 years. And if a generation in the Bible is 30 years and the scripture says, all right, if you don't break this, then for three or four generations, so a hundred years, you're going to deal with this problem. Then guess what? You got a problem that's going to last about a hundred years. But if you do line up with the commands of God, he says, what was supposed to be set in place for a hundred years now has been replaced by what? He said that I will bless you to how many generations? A thousand generations. So he says, look, If you'll begin to line up with the blessings of God upon your life and begin to obey God, and when everybody else goes that way, you go God's way, he says you're going to write a history that is so perfect and so good that other people are going to be reaping a blessing 30,000 years from now because somebody made their minds up. We're not going to serve the enemy, but we're going to serve God. Amen. All right, I'm trying to finish here. So here's the problem. We find ourselves stuck on where we are. But the problem is you've been trying to write a different story with the same ink. But the blood of Jesus says, I will break every curse, every addiction. I don't, I didn't have to stumble in here today, uh, a fifth, tenth generation wasted person. I walked in here today, a man with a purpose from the living God. Why? Because somebody let God change the ink in the story. If you will let God change the ink in the story, I don't care if your family divorces at 40. I don't care if everybody in your family loses their mind. I don't care if everybody in your world ends up struggling with suicidal thoughts, what I want you to hear me say today is that doesn't have to continue for the rest of the hundred years. What I care about is that Jesus loves you, he's for you, and he wants to set you free. Pastor Don, you're just being an emotional preacher. Well, yes, I don't want to be a boring preacher. I am emotional. 
But I'm emotional because in the last service, I had graduated a group of men whose family has been destroyed because of drugs and alcohol, but now they're set free, and I hope to see them going forward. I am emotional because I see people in this very room who are already setting themselves up for connections of the wrong kind of history. But I've come to declare to you today, God loves you, and he looks beyond that, and if you'll repent and line up, God has a blessing that will last for a thousand generations. Amen. God's good. I want to. God's talking to somebody. You've written the wrong story for too long. Well, that's just who we are. Well, stop being who you've been for a hundred years in your family and start becoming who God's called you to be. Well, my people, we just don't say I love you. Then why don't you learn that your father's been whispering? The Bible says he dances all over you when you you sleep. Why? Because he wants you to know you're loved and you're adored. Let God rewrite your stories. Come on now. We were broken people that God has set free. My goodness. I'm trying to behave. I'm really trying to behave, but I've just cut. Let me just, I'm almost done. Matter of fact, if you'll stand with me, I, I, I'll be done after this. But listen to me. I am tired of a story that ends in defeat and ends in destruction. And I'm ready for a story that throws its hands up in victory because the devil thought he was going to take you out, but God raised you up. And instead of a hundred years of pain, there will be 1,000 years of the favor of God. Why? Not because of what you've done, but because Jesus died on Calvary and he cried it is finished. Amen. Give God a praise like he deserves. Amen. Alright, y'all bow your heads for just a minute. Those watching bow your heads, those listening, keep your eyes on the road. Listen to young people. This old yelling preacher. At least I didn't put you to sleep the way the commencement speaker did at my graduation. Thank you for staying awake anyways. Listen to me. They're praying for you right now. It ends here. It ends. All the pains and the struggles and the things that you think are going to destroy you, they're not. You can write a better story. You can write a new day. Things can change today. They'll give you favor. Thousands of you're an old person like me people are going to say why it's just not fair and you're going to say favor isn't fair but decisions I made when I was young have chased me all the days of my life the devil tries to tell you that the history has to repeat but Jesus says I can change that history and break those bondages head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're watching online it's going to be time for you to respond there to your campus pastor. Just type it in your comments there. But if you are watching or you're listening and you're here you say, Pastor Don I've been writing with the wrong ink. I've been writing with pains and things that have been passed down to me or some that I created on my own. But today I want to change the ink of my story. I want to see your hands right where you are. Would you hold it up high? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, so many people in this place. Thank you. God's deliverance is for you. 
May His grace be upon you and upon your children. How many would admit right now there's a sin in your life that you don't want to pass to the next generation? Let me see your hand. It's going to be broken in the name of Jesus. And there's one more question. The greatest question I'm going to give you. How many of you would say today, Pastor Don, my my story's been written wrong. Because I've been writing it my whole life for myself. And today, I'm ready to let Jesus start writing my story by surrendering my life to Him. I want to talk to you very specifically. I'm, I, want, I want you that would say, today, I'm going, to, I'm going to surrender my heart and soul to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching. It's time to respond. But today, I want to know Jesus. I want to change the author of my story. I want Him to become my Savior. I'm not going to call you out and I'm not going to embarrass you. Nine people made this decision in the last service. How many in this service will join with those and say, today I'm asking God to become my Savior and to cleanse me? If so, hold your hand as high as you can. Thank you. One, two, three. If you will join with these three, hold those up high. Hold those up high. Hold them up high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's 12 people today so far who've made this decision to give their heart and soul to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're responding online. God's speaking to you. Waiting just a second more. Today it changes. Maybe it's a point of rededication. You've gotten away from the things of God. You've let pain rewrite your story for too long and you're ready to be healed. But you know you've got to come back and get right with Jesus. You've not yet raised your hand. May I see your hand if that's you. You're ready to recommit your life to Christ. Starts today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray right now. The Bible says that if we will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. So I said, Pastor Don, people can't start right where they are. They need to come forward. No, we believe you start where you are and then you take a real step of faith and come forward for baptism in weeks to come. But here we are right now, right where you are. And for these that have said today's the day, they're going to surrender their heart to Jesus Christ. This is the moment. This is the time. I want everybody who's ever prayed this prayer to pray with me with full passion as God restores these souls. Here we go. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I receive your grace. I give you my past, my present, and my future. In Jesus' name, I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Father, I thank you for those, many of them that have prayed it for the very first time today, that you are meeting them right where they are. And Lord, it's not anybody else's business to judge them because we have all been found unworthy but you have judged them and found them and now you call them forgiven. Lord, for everyone who says that something needs to break, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that an anointing begins to move in these families 
an anointing begins to extend and these things will be broken and destroyed as they write a new story. I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of my goodness of the holy, reverent, living God that a new story will be written from this moment forward. A new history begins to be written. We once were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. And it's all because of the amazing grace you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Now, come on, give God a praise. Amen. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Give God a praise. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.